Today's episode of Market Zero is brought to you by TheGrandSlamDunk.com, featuring sports talk, pop culture critiques, and enough nonsense to fill a stadium. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or just visit the website. Market. Welcome back and welcome home to the Market Zero Podcast. It is March 1st, 2017. Hi, I'm Uncle Ben, recording to you in Knoxville, Tennessee, a very rainy and thunderous Knoxville, Tennessee, and hanging out with me today, my good friend, G-Money Grant. What's going on, bud? Hello, hello, hello. How's it going, man? Doing well, doing well. Life is good right now. I am a little nervous. Currently in Knoxville, we are under a tornado watch, a severe thunderstorm watch, as well as a flash flood watch. We have a lot going on. If you happen to hear some thunder in this recording, don't be alarmed. The apocalypse is just hitting Knoxville, Tennessee right now, and that's what we have to deal with. But I think we're going to be okay. I think. I don't know. I'm a little nervous, though, G. The trifecta of warnings. That is a little nerve-wracking. All three at once, huh? It's crazy nowadays, man. Your phone gets warnings, so it starts going off. I have the TV on, so that's blowing up. My iPad's blowing up. My laptop's blowing up. You get all these warnings Whoa. now. You know, it's crazy. I mean, I guess it's good to be informed and warned. What happened to the good old-fashioned, uh, you know, off in the distance siren right. at the local school? <laughs> they don't still have those anymore? I don't know, man. I don't know. I haven't heard one of those. Maybe, maybe it's broken here in Knoxville. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Well, that's crazy. Well, uh, it, you know, that sounds that sounds interesting. It's uh, 65, perfectly clear, sunny skies here in Denver. So. Oh, I, I miss that beautiful <laughs> March Sorry weather. To, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's been, man, it's been hot. It's been hot. We had a little, little bit of a cold burst there. There was a little kind of a spring storm, a little bit of snow on the ground. But, man, it's it's pretty sunny here. It's a, it's a classic, yeah, bright, bright Colorado spring day. It, it'll be that way. And then, of course, you guys will get drilled one weekend, probably a weekend that you're planning to, you know, go outside and do a lot of things with uh, a foot of snow in uh, late March, early April. That's usually when it happens, isn't there's, it? There's at least one more left. I feel like there's two. <laughs> at least one more big storm. And, yeah, you're talk- we're, talk- we're not talking like like a dusting. We're talking feet of snow. There's right. always one, yeah, late in the spring. You're right. Like somewhere in April, God, sometimes it, it gets even to May when we get dumped on. But there's, yeah, rest assured, there will be. There will be more snow. There will be some more volume. That was always a great thing about being a public stool, school student out in uh, Aurora, Colorado, was you could always bank on at least having a late start, maybe a couple days off uh, later on in the spring because the snow would come in and just obliterate everything. Do you remember our senior year when we had I was the, just about to bring the, up that story. The oh massive my, yes. snowstorm right before spring break or after spring it was, break? It was perfect. I think it was right before. I mean, we all we just missed. There was one day of school, but it almost the storm almost bled perfectly into spring break. We had a full week off of school for a snow day, yeah. for snow days, and then the full week off for spring break. That was that was five feet. Two thousand three, March two thousand three. Yeah, that was insane. They they closed everything down. Illegal to be on the roads unless you're a service vehicle. I mean, it was <laughs> it was paradise. We we lived close enough. We trudged around and got to got to people's houses. We did. We did. It, it was, was a lot great, of fun. man. Yeah, it was for wonderful. a senior in high school, with all your friends getting together, building snow caves, you know, getting in trouble, it was, it was paradise. It, it was, was magical. It was fantastic. We spent uh, we spent some time over at someone's house. I believe they had a hot tub, um, and that's mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. I think we need to get in about that story and that evening. Um, for those of you that are listening, I, my big memory of that storm was I was leaving where we all were hanging out, and you were the only one that were able that was able to get your car out. You had your Jeep rolling. 
Um, right. And I had to walk home, I believe, from Village East uh, to my house. Um, and I made the trek, uh, a trek that usually takes 30 minutes. It, I, it was about 45 to 60 minutes of me walking on the road. And I was doing great right until the end of it when I got into my cul-de-sac and I slipped on some ice and fell oh. <laughs> into a massive snowbank. Um, so my dad had a good uh-huh. laugh about that. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he did. Yep, I'm sure he loved that one. Hey, uh, with uh, with all the weather that we have going on in Knoxville and the beautifulness in Denver, there was <clears throat> some storms a-brewing in the professional hockey ranks, some breaking news that just happened today. The Colorado Avalanche no longer have the services of Jerome Aginla. He was traded to the Los Angeles Kings for a conditional fourth-round pick, um, which is the end of Jerome Aginla's tenure out in Colorado. G-Money, your reaction to this news? You know, it's kind of, it was expected. We've kind of been waiting uh, and sort of hoping. The Avalanche are, well, let's be honest, they're in the shitter. Yeah. They're having an awful season. Um, Historically bad. You know, they're, 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 they're bottom of the barrel. And Aginla is still the most accomplished player in hockey not to have won a Stanley Cup. Um, And he's a fan favorite. And we've all kind of been sitting here. We've seen the writing on the wall for a while as Avalanche fans, as hockey fans. They're not going anywhere. And so you just want to give this guy one last chance mm-hmm. um, to, to make a run at things. Mm-hmm. So disappointing, but uh, but relieved. And, you know, he's going to L.A. that they have championship pedigree, real quality players. They are sitting outside of a, of a wild card spot right now, the playoff, but mm-hmm. they still have some time to get back into it. Um, and, yeah, they've got the goaltender. They've got uh, quick. They've got quality players, Cowdy. They've got big guys, fast, good puck-possessing team. Um, Aginla doesn't have to come in and, and carry a huge load. He needs to be that smart hockey player that gives them timely plays. And that's that's what you need in the playoffs. And Aginla, Aginla brings that perfectly. Again, hockey IQ off the charts, crafty player, really smart. Definitely doesn't have the speed he once did, but um, – like I said, a fan favorite. What he does have is an award-winning smile. <laughs> and my God, that thing sparkles. If you check out the DenverPost.com uh, right now, the article on him is him grinning from ear to ear, those pearly whites shining nice. He has some of the best teeth I think I've ever seen of a mm-hmm. hockey player. He is a handsome devil, my friend. <laughs> How he managed to keep those teeth, you know, I just don't know. But he, <laughs> he's somehow done it. He's somehow managed to, to keep that... That smile intact, and he's he's a good guy, you know, all around. Mm-hmm. He, he's always a fan favorite every stop he's been at. Of course, he was at Calgary for the majority of his career. Right. Um, still beloved there, still greatly honored. I mean, I think everybody in the league would like to see this guy have a good go at it, have a, have a nice shot at a cup. And um, yeah, LA seems like a decent team. They got some work to do, but all the best to Jerome. Again, the Avalanche are a train wreck. They're not exactly getting a whole lot back for him. But like I said, he's an aging player, and this was more of a kind of a tip of the hat to like where can we put you where can we give you a shot and la seems like a good spot so all the best to mr Ginla. Mm-hmm. That, I, I hope that works out and one thing that in my limited hockey knowledge that i know is you know playoffs in hockey is just about getting in um and seeding exactly isn't necessarily as important um as it is in other sports so if the kings can grab a spot then you know it's wide open for them and like you said they have a they have a goaltender in quick who uh is pretty good right Oh Last yeah, I check. He's pretty he's, good. Yeah. If Quick gets hot, he can he can single handedly win them the cup. He he definitely has the talent. He he has been dealing with some injuries, um, but they've gotten good production out of a former Avalanche player, Peter Budai, mm-hmm. who's really had a oh, had right. a kind of second blossoming um, as the backup goaltender in L.A. He's, he's been on a great streak this year. 
playing solid. Um, so yeah, if they get in with that kind of talent and with a Gimla's, you know, veteran presence, they've got a puncher's chance for sure. They've got as good a chance as any, which is exactly what you want for Jerome. Right. Right. Especially getting him out of the dumpster fire right now. That is yeah. God. I mean, that's the thing is, is you shake your head at the avalanche situation, but you're just happy that, that he can, that he can move on because he's not, he's not, nobody's, nobody's winning anything in the, in, on this avalanche team right now. Pretty dismal. The avalanche also traded Andreas Martinson to the Montreal Canadiens for Swiss right winger. And I'm going to screw his name up. Sven Ander Rydaghetto. I'm saying that completely wrong. Someone else. Ander Chetto? Ander Ghetto? I'm not sure. It's not what I'm familiar with. Probably should have looked that up on the Google. Um, your reaction to him leaving? He was one of my favorite prospects. He had really come up the last year or two. Um, we actually ran into him. We, we were season ticket holders, me and my wife, and they had a beat the team party. I got his autograph on one of my hats. Mm-hmm. Big body player, skates well. Um, one of those guys that every time he's, he steps on the ice, he was... He was youth in his body. He was playing hard. Um, still pretty raw. Uh, made made some kind of you know young mistakes, but always gave good efforts. Always checked hard, hit hard. Always always gave it out there for the team. So I'm sad to see him go. I thought he could have been a, a good piece, and I'm not really sure what they got for him. You know, like I said, the Abs are, are a wreck, and you want to see him make moves. Um, all I know on this end is he was a player I liked. So disappointed to see him go. Hopefully, hopefully it works out for the best. That is the question, though, isn't it? Is what is the direction or the current direction right now of the Colorado Avalanche? Where are they going? They're getting rid of an older guy, <coughs> excuse me, in Jerome McGinley, but they're also getting rid of a young piece in Martinson. So where do you see them taking this franchise right now? Are they just blowing it all up and starting from scratch? Well, I mean, not quite. I, we have kind of been expecting to see if they were really going to blow it up, you'd see a name like Landis Cog or Duchesne uh, get traded and moved. Okay. Some of those really core pieces um, that have come up in a lot of trade rumors that would be useful pieces. I mean, this team has talent. This team has a bunch of talent and top level guys that just can't seem to put it together. There's just there's just no cohesion here. But it doesn't seem like we're fully blowing up. I mean, if, if you really want to blow up, you, you move a Landis Cog for a, for a loaded draft picks for a team that's on the brink or desperate to get in to the playoffs this year. It just doesn't seem like there's there's much vision. And it's disappointing because you don't want to blame things on one of the Avalanche's most revered players ever, on Joe Sackick. He seems to be pulling the strings. I'm not sure if, if he doesn't have the money right now which has been a common complaint with, with cronky ownership mm-hmm. across sports, um, you know, in, in a, a couple of different teams and a couple of different leagues. Um, we've had complaints of, you know, not sufficient spending and, and not being able to really compete. So you don't want to fully blame Sackick, but this management just seems listless. It doesn't seem like they have an idea of where to go. And it seems like they have these really talented pieces that they just can't get to fit together. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's disappointing. It's pretty disappointing. So we're not really sure. No, it, it definitely is disappointing, especially when you think of a franchise that was the very first professional franchise to bring a championship to the city of Denver and the state of Colorado. Um, to see them kind of floundering like this is is definitely disappointing. I When Patrick Waugh resigned um, with six weeks before the season started, I, I don't know if I told you, I definitely didn't say it out loud to our good friends Jolly Jeff and the Real Bass Guy, um, but... It seemed as though the season was doomed to start. Um, whenever you make a move like that or whenever that happens, obviously there are things going on that we're not privy to, um, that not even the media is privy to, and if they are, they're not reporting them. just seems like a franchise in dysfunction, um, and it's it sucks. It really sucks because the abs are great. And when the abs are rolling, the town is kicking. That's, that's a lot of fun. Um, so it definitely is uh, depressing and um, upsetting to watch a franchise – 
that again was at the top of Colorado sports to now seem to be at the bottom of the barrel. I mean, I, you know, I, I think I think the Colorado Rockies are a much better run organization at this point than the Colorado Avalanche, and I never thought I would oh, say something. Oh my god, like that, that is just right? that's jaw dropping. Right, that's appalling to hear and think that. And it, yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah. Oh. Sad. I'm Very sorry, sad. G. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, hey, that's, well, you know, that's okay. You know, that's you fine. can root for the uh, the Los Angeles Kings now because they got a Ginla and his his award winning smile out in Hollywood. That could be. Fun. That's true. They do. And also, I've all, I've I've been a pretty big uh, Jonathan Quick fan. He is he is an outstanding goaltender. He's ripped our hearts out a couple times. My wife has a pretty infamous story of uh, chanting out "Quick suck my dick" a few times <laughs> at a at a game. <laughs> And uh, you know, getting the people around her all riled up—it was—it was a great time. But he's—he's he's crushed us more than a couple times. I have a lot of respect for the guy, and yeah, I mean, LA fans too—they don't really care. So there's not a lot of like douchebag Kings fans because most people in LA don't—they don't even know that there's a hockey team there. <laughs> so I'm okay with the Kings. Right. I'm okay rooting for the Kings. There we go. There we go. Well, you got something to look forward to as the playoffs come around. There you go. Yeah, and also there's a couple um, Canadian teams that are kind of competing this year. Last year, zero teams from Canada made the playoffs in the National Hockey League, um, which was shocking, appalling, disappointing, a travesty, a mockery, to say the least. Uh, this year, we, we, got some, we got some contenders. Uh, Montreal and Ottawa are looking really strong. Toronto's sitting in a wild card spot right now. Good for Toronto. Um, so the Great White North might, might be able to represent a little bit, might be able to get a couple teams in there. Edmonton also sitting in the Pacific Division. They should get in. And Calgary, again, those old team is holding the wild card spot right now pretty comfortably. So there might be up to four or five Canadian teams in the playoffs this year after having none the year before. So that's, that's a little uplifting, a little glimmer of hope in my uh, in the hockey life. Sounds like the playoffs are going to be a lot of fun, which, um, you know, when you compare sports going on right now and everything in the NBA has been, you know, yeah, this is nice and the moves are great and Boogie Cousins goes to New Orleans and, and Washington is surging and Boston has a good team, but most people um, myself included have felt like it's going to be a golden state warrior uh cleveland cavalier finals that may be uh, a bit different um now that you have kevin durant coming out with uh, a forward knee injury that could definitely change yeah, that was big and that's serious right did we get we got a timeline it was weeks right uh, well, well, everything that i've read has said four weeks um four sounds, weeks. Like, sounds like a knee strain um durant has had knee issues before i don't think it derails golden state um from being the competitive team obviously four weeks is is a long time but he'll arrive you know hopefully with some fresh legs and be able to play if he can play 100 percent, it's it's a no-brainer i think for golden state but with him being hurt that is something you have to monitor so you know yeah. maybe the nba picks up and is a little more interesting than uh, uh to go along with the national hockey league i don't know we'll have to wait and see it could be down the stretch. I mean, I'm also interested, um, speaking of those two teams, the Cavaliers have bulked up pretty significantly right. on their bench with two key guys. One that was a, a former um, warrior in Andrew Bogut, who yep. is now going to be playing for the Cavaliers, and also point guard Darren Williams, mm -hmm. who pretty pretty solid player. I mean, I think he's right. had some some focus issues and, and kind of was involved in a bit of a train wreck there in Brooklyn, if I recall. Yes. <laughs> um, but if you get the guy to... to snap to it and play some ball he's he's a he's a legitimate nba point guard which is what lebron has been screaming for yeah. uh, this entire season and, and you got to be able to give lebron a break you've got to be able to give him rest um and and william seems like a competent guy that can you know fill in the gaps mm -hmm. down the stretch especially in the regular season for some of those monotonous games that that are a grind this is all assuming that that 
he, he is Darren Williams that we've seen before, and he's not just a, a douchebag right. that doesn't care and doesn't show up, <laughs> which he's been before too. So yes, you kind of worry which which Williams you're getting, but if he's anything, if he's seventy percent of what what he has been in the league before, they got a they got a strong bench player that's that's going to give LeBron the rest uh, down the stretch that he that he definitely needs. So I'm I'm pretty excited to see that interesting additions. It is definitely worth checking out. It is definitely worth following, both the NBA and the NHL. Um, however, G-Money, you and I both know that our heart lies um, in, you and I are kindred spirits in this uh, thought process, where it always comes back to the National Football League, doesn't it? There are, Indeed. No matter what happens in the NHL and the NBA, we definitely pay attention to those sports, and we love those sports, but... An NFL headline is going to grab our attention more than anything else, and there have been a, quite a lot of them recently. Um, we can go down the list. Everybody's looking at where Tony Romo's going to go. Adrian Peterson is now a free agent. The Pittsburgh Steelers locked up Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. A lot happening in the NFL. G-Money, what do you think would be the best thing for the Denver Broncos to do moving forward? Well, you know, I'm, I think they need linemen best thing for the Denver Broncos is to find offensive linemen and you don't usually get that in free agency Mm -hmm. and of course none of the uh the flashy clickable names in our uh, Twitter (laughs) age are are linemen they're they're gonna be quarterbacks and running backs and we've got two of the the highest profile players in Romo and Adrian Peterson and in my opinion Adrian Peterson one of the best running backs ever to lace football absolutely and touch a football in the national football league um this guy i watched him play i was lucky enough to see him play at the university of oregon we had we had two games against university of oklahoma i watched him live and was pretty convinced early on that he was one of the best athletes i had ever seen one of the best football players regardless of position that i've seen um yeah he's he's just he's incredible i walk in hall of famer top five running back might be the best ever and his team that he has been with, that he was drafted with, that he has sacrificed for, he's played his whole time there, is is saying, "Thanks, but see ya. We're good. Mm-hmm. We're gonna we're gonna leave you here." Um, I understand why, and I think it's the right decision, because especially in this league, how interchangeable and not disposable, but how hard it is to keep a running back healthy. Right. It's just not cost effective. You just you can't pay these guys top dollar. And especially with the history that Adrian Peterson has and with with the history of past performance of running backs. I mean, no running back. I think there's six maybe in the history of the league that have 1,000 yards over 32 years old, something like that, mm-hmm. a handful of guys. So the historical production is non-existent. At the same time, we've seen this guy come back from a torn ACL in no time yeah, at all. It came back in, in like in, six months. It was ridiculous. Yes, in half the time it should take a human being to come back. So obviously, he's Adrian a freak. Peterson is a monster. Yeah, he's he's a, freak. a freak of nature. So who knows what this guy is really capable of? There's no telling how long he can go, how hard he can run for, because he's already, you know, kind of shattered these preconceived notions of what a running back can do in this age. So. I, I love him. I, I think he still has stuff in the tank. I don't blame Minnesota for leaving him. Mm-hmm. I think he is by far the more impactful player. Um, at the same time, both these guys are dependent. We come back to it on an offensive line. Mm-hmm. You you can't. Tony Romo is going to get annihilated if he comes to Denver. 
I'm sorry. <laughs> if they don't do something to protect him, his arm is going to detach and fly off into the stands the first time Khalil Mack comes unblocked <laughs> off the edge. It's just going to rip off. He's going to snap like that. It's going to snap off and just like flop into the south stand. It's going to be horrifying. They can't protect him, man. They can't protect no. him. I think Romo's a good quarterback. I think he's talented. I think he has stuff in the tank. But with his injury history, I just I don't think he can stay healthy. I don't think the Broncos I, for Denver, specifically speaking from Denver, I don't think it'd be wise to pay Romo a lot of money if you don't have a line that can yeah. keep him upright. It just doesn't seem like it makes sense to me. I agree. I, I Denver has become kind of the resort for uh, veteran. Uh, NFL players. Resort. I like resort. Great <laughs> way to put it. It is, it is like a retirement community. Yeah, it's a retirement yeah, a community. Um, and I think I, I wouldn't – Tony Romo isn't a guy that I would mess with at all unless I had pieces already in place. Um, and the only piece that I was missing was a quarterback. So I think he fits other teams better than the Denver Broncos. And also, you know, yeah, Gary Kubiak was the head coach last year, and he definitely had input on – Paxton Lynch and Trevor Simeon and all that, but the reality is the governor made the call, and the governor right. chose to draft Paxton Lynch. So you bring that guy along in his second year, and he showed flashes last year. Was he great? No, he was a rookie quarterback. He wasn't. Mm-hmm. He wasn't anything spectacular. Um, he was a traditional rookie quarterback. So I think you bring that guy along. It is very, very tempting, isn't it, to just roll the bankroll out for a guy like Adrian Peterson? It really is. Um, yeah. But I completely agree with your assessment that. While that may be tempting and that may be fun and you're going to sell a hell of a lot of orange jerseys if you do that, the reality oh, is yeah. the better football move is to rebuild your offensive line, um, certify that, um, and then look to add pieces. So I think the Broncos have other needs other than running back and quarterback. But, you know, we'll wait till it sees out. I would like to see um, Peterson. I think there's still an option. ESPN is reporting that um, the door is still open um, to find common ground um, with the Vikings. Oh, he could still restructure with Minnesota. So there is still that potential. Okay. Okay. Um, I think, Man, I hope that happens. Yeah. I, I would like to see him retire as a Viking, just for the cool. old-fashioned sake of it. You know? That would be cool. I, I agree with that. I think it would be more intriguing, though, if he were to end up at a place like Green Bay. Um, he's in desperate need of a running back, um, and not only do does well, he go to Green Bay. Implications. Right. That's like that's like Brett Favre going to Minnesota. Yeah, you know, it just sticks is, it, doesn't it? God, that would be perfect. You are excellent, <laughs> excellent. That's great. I love it. I fucking love it. <laughs> so I think that would be a good place. Um, it's also reported that uh, Big Mike's Oakland Raiders are interested in Adrian Peterson as well. Um, with that, with that line, that would be scary. So that would be putting good. him behind that those big boys. That yeah. would be a scary combo. If I'm Adrian Peterson, I'm going to the place that has the best offensive line in the league. That's where I'm going. Um, and Oakland's yeah. right there. Um, Pittsburgh, yeah. uh, you know, like we said, like I said earlier, Le'Veon Bell's locked up for at least another year, so he's not going there. Um, yep. Green Bay doesn't have a bad offensive line, and also, you know, it, it would it would be really helpful for Aaron Rodgers not to just go Rodgers. schoolyard, <laughs> not to, not not have to go schoolyard every play um, right. and get there. So if uh, they would be a potent force if Rodgers yeah, could just grind down a defense with yep. one of the best grinding running backs of all time, and then he can boot off that and do his schoolyard shit. That's that's huge. I, I love that's it. That's solid. a great combo. Yeah, I think that would be a good good move for them. As a fan, that's where I would like to go. In terms of Tony Romo, I still think the best fit for Romo is a place like Houston. Houston. Um, that was mine yeah. right away, right now. I just think, and, just, I, yeah. and I know Houston has all this money tied into Brock Osweiler, but you know, if, if you're holding, you know, this is a poker thing. If you're holding shit cards, 
how far do you want to go into the hand before you dump them? You know, yeah. and and just cut your losses. And Houston is there. They have a good running game. They have a solid offensive line. They got a playmaker mm-hmm. in DeAndre Hopkins. Um, so mm-hmm. it's it's a familiar fit in offense for Tony Romo, and also. They have one of the best defenses in the league, if not the best defense in the league. With they had one of the best defenses yeah. in the league without the best player. Without JJ Watt, absolutely on defense, without their best player. Yeah, so they're they're right there. And play, the way they played New England in the playoffs, they're right there. Yep. they're right there. You can hang with Belichick on the road for that long mm-hmm. with Brock, with fucking Cedric Diggory at quarterback. <laughs> you're close. You're real close. You're right there. So that's where I'd like to see Romo go. I, I think Tony Romo is actually a good guy. Um, I don't think he's he's a bad person. Um, I think he, he, you know, he played it so classy last year um, with losing his job to the rookie, and even though with his injury coming back, he was he was never an issue. He was never a distraction. His owner yeah. takes care of that for him. Um, so I'd like to see a good old TR, well, mainly for Big Willie style. I think that would. <laughs> yeah, make Willie yeah. happy. He would. He would definitely be. Uh, he would be torn because you know Will's one of those guys that if his kid was a was a boy um, who was born last spring, I'm willing to bet money that he would have <laughs> named him Anthony. I'm almost positive <laughs> that that was going to come down the road. Um, so you know, God, that would have been classic. That would have been classic. There's still time. He could still have another kid. <laughs> so Broncos load up on offensive line, rebuild in the draft. I like that plan, G Money. I hope. I hope the governor's listening to you. I th- you know, I think he will. I think he's he's seen already the success you can have without breaking the bank at quarterback. Mm-hmm. And so he knows that formula. He knows he knows what he needs to do. And granted, not everybody is Peyton Manning, right. but the system is the system is solid. I think they've got a young coach in there with some innovative ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think you're right there. I think I don't think you need to break the bank on and, and roll the dice on Romo. I think you can develop those young guys. I agree. I agree. Uh, hey, speaking of the other one, those free agency moves, I like what Pittsburgh has done, man. Locking locking their talent up, mm-hmm. looks like. Solidifying that potent offensive threat. You re-sign Antonio Brown um, for a four-year contract. He was due to get paid. It was his turn. Highest yeah. highest paid receiver now? He is, he he is, is the, the highest. highest sure. He is the highest Deser- paid receiver. Deserves uh, it. Totally deserves it. You know, he's one of, I was thinking about this last night when we were we were talking about doing the podcast and what I wanted to say, he's one of three wide receivers um, that are great right now in the yeah. league. And, and it's only three. It's Julio Jones, it's Odell Beckham, and it's Antonio Brown. Um, everybody <sighs> I else think is, you left one out, man. Uh, you, I don't know. Who, who do you AJ. think I left out? Give me A.J. Green. Yeah, he, he gets hurt the all the time, man. And he plays oh, for the Bengals, the and they don't do anything. I, I, oh, you know how I feel about the Bengals, bud. I don't I fear I the Bengals. I don't fear that. But I, for me, it's, it's those three guys. Um, and they're yeah. great. They are great. A lot of guys, I think A.J. Green is very good. Um, but those three guys are great because on any given moment, you know, Antonio can take a 10-yard hitch or, a, you know, a 5-yard hitch, and he can turn it into a 65-yard touchdown. You watched Odell Beckham last year do something I have only seen one guy do in my lifetime, and that was Jerry Rice, take a slant 70 yards. And then yeah. the monster that is Julio Jones who can catch a ball on his hip and have enough time <laughs> and enough athleticism to then pull it in. Those three guys are just absolutely head and shoulders above everybody else. And you see that in, in something as simple as fantasy. Those are the three guys that go and went last year in the fantasy draft, in however mm-hmm. order you think. So I think locking up Antonio Brown is really good. I also think you franchise Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell needs to um, show the Steelers that he is committed to not only 
Um, you know, staying healthy, which is something that he necessarily can't control. He blew his knee out a couple years ago um, in it with a cheap shot from Vontez Perfect, a man who I believe should be in a federal prison. The criminal, um, <laughs> the criminal, perfect the criminal. But he also, he's been suspended the last two years at the start of the season, um, which, you know what, your feelings on marijuana aside, Big Mike said it the best in one of our podcasts last fall. You know the rules, and you know what you're supposed to do, and you know rules how you know how these things are set up. So stop smoking the marijuana before your piss test, so you can come in and play a full season in the NFL. Um, so I, I think Le'Veon has. I, I think if he comes in this year, has a full season, and does what Le'Veon does, he's amazing. He's absolutely yeah. amazing. Then I think he gets his big contract. Um, the Steelers are notorious for letting these kind of play out, making guys earn it, but they also they pay their guys. You know, they locked yeah. up Troy Polamalu years ago. They locked up Ben Roethlisberger. They just did it with Antonio Brown. They will pay top talent if top talent puts a little skin in the game. So I think Le'Veon has that. You know, Le'Veon and Antonio made up 53% of the Steelers' Whoa. offense last year. I saw that on ESPN.com. Today. That's a hell of a little stat. That's that a lot. Crazy. There's only a, there's only one more combination in the league um, that makes up more, and that's Larry Fitzgerald and David Johnson down in Arizona. So you've you've solidified your offense. You have a really good offensive line. Um, I think it's an underrated offensive line because it doesn't get a lot of buzz because they are a pass-first offense. Um, but now you have Roethlisberger with weapons. You've, you've made that piece. All this talk about Big Ben, you know, maybe not coming back, this, that, and the other. He has no reason now in terms of teammates not to come back. So I think you've solidified that. And I look for Pittsburgh to make some moves on defense, particularly in the secondary. Um, they need a safety. They really, they, since Troy Polamalu has left, they have never filled that void. And I don't know if you ever could. You know, for my money, Troy Polamalu is one of, if not the greatest um, secondary players in the history of the NFL. He is on that level for me, and I'm definitely biased. But I watched this man do things that I had never seen anybody do on the football field, both in run support, both in pass coverage, figuring out and dissecting plays. You remember you remember where all of a sudden he would creep up on the line and that hair would be flapping away. And it just, just come out of nowhere. Just jump over the it line and make plays. all of a sudden from the corner, it like bounce, and it's like, what is that? He was absolutely amazing, and they need, they need a guy like that. If you look at the free agency market, the only guy that I think is worth spending money um, in, in the safety position was Eric Berry. Well, he just got locked up in Kansas City, so he's not going right. anywhere. So now you're looking at guys like Tony Jefferson, TJ McDonald um, uh, out of the Rams, Michael Hyde um, with the Packers. Those guys are out there. I don't think that's the guy they're looking for. So I, if, if I'm the GM of the Pittsburgh Steelers, I'm drafting heavy on um, the defensive secondary, and also you need another pass rusher. They just they re-signed James Harrison, and James Harrison's great for about, oh, I don't know, eight to ten plays. That guy's got to be a robot now. Like, how old is he? He's like 90% metal. He'll be 39. He's 39? He's got a little cyborg in him, a little juice in him, you know, a little, be, man. little, little love like that. Jesus. He spends plenty of money on his uh, his uh, the, the finely tuned athletic machine that he has for a body. Um, and if you didn't know that, just go ahead and listen to Chris <laughs> Collinsworth's uh, commentary on him on a Sunday night football game where that's all he referenced. Um, yeah, he loves talking about that, uh, doesn't he? he? Sure the money does. that he spends. He sure does. So I, I want Pittsburgh. I, I think Pittsburgh goes into the draft, and you get the best pass rusher you can. 
But um, I think the priority needs to be in the safety position. You have a young corner in Arnie Burns, who I think is going to be really good. Um, but I have questions about Mike Mitchell. Uh, he bit up and he bit up on a flea flicker um, against the New England Patriots that basically ended the game um, in that playoff game. Not that Pittsburgh really had a shot to begin with in that game. They never beat New England in the playoffs. Um, I've had to deal with this. It is what it is. Belichick and Brady own the Steelers. I get it. I understand it. So. I think you need to do something else in that position. Um, I don't think Mike Mitchell is the answer. They got a young kid in Sean Davis who I think progressed nicely, but I'm looking for another piece to add at the top of that defense um, to really solidify that. So as a fan, that's what I'm looking for. Now, will they do any of that? Hell, gee, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> but a man can dream. What's, um, I'm curious as what um, Tomlin's kind of drafting record's been so far. How, how has he done drafting? He's done okay. Um, okay. Last year's draft, I, I really liked, again, was Sean Davis and Artie Burns. I thought they did a really good job. Bud Dupree also came on late last season. Yeah, Bud was huge with he them. They got really him back, good. and right. he could put some pressure on the pass rusher. They became a completely different defense to me. And so that's why I think you need another guy like that to kind of help him out um, because he's going to draw double teams. He's going to get the tackle and the running back chip now. Um, and yeah. as much as I love James Harrison, and I really do, I love James Harrison. I think he's going <laughs> to the Hall of Fame. I definitely will will stake my wonderful Uncle Ben reputation on that. Um, he's 39 years old. He reminds me. Do you remember the Broncos had a guy by the name of Jumpy Gathers? Do you remember Jumpy? <laughs> sure. Jumpy sure. Gathers. He was like a 38, 39-year-old defensive tackle. He had one move. It was called the forklift where he picked up the offensive <laughs> lineman and just threw him. But he could only do it for about five or six plays. I think that's what you're going to get out of James Harrison this year. So you gotcha. need to start thinking about the future with that. Um, yeah. So that's kind of – You've got to get a rotation yeah. with guys mm-hmm. like that so they can get, get some air. But they have the pieces on offense to be a potent potent offense like they were this year. Now if you can get somebody to ring the quarterback in so where he doesn't check to the fade on the goal line um, and just hand the ball off to Le'Veon Bell, I think you'll I think that's really what they have to work out. I think that yeah. needs to be some humble pie that Roethlisberger needs to eat. You know, yep. I mean he's he's in his his mid to late thirties, I'm 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 thinking. Um, but he's played in the league a really long time, you know, and, you know, 35 and 25, as as Shaquille O'Neal used to say. Um, so you can't do all those things. You have to lean on your teammates. He's got good pieces that he can lead on. Um, Roethlisberger is definitely a diva, but I think this this will make him feel comfortable and he'll come back and, you know, we'll, we'll, see, what, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I like it. I think what you saw especially – in the playoff game with Tomlin's game plan is, is he doesn't like to deviate from, from what he does. Right. And if you're going to be that kind of staunch, um, you've got to have dynamic playmakers. Yep. Um, and which, which is the absolute definition of Troy Polamalu mm-hmm. all over the field dynamic. You can call a vanilla defense and he can operate within it and make those special plays. Yep. And I think, yeah, you're, you're just missing a guy that can do that, that, that can sit back there and, and read the situation. You don't have to scheme it up crazy. You can do your base stuff. He can still get those points on the field to take away the, the, the easy options. And, yeah, that's that seems like that's what they need. I think there's a lot there, but they need that one kind of key ingredient that really stirs the trick, that one dynamic playmaker that can really shut things down. I haven't really uh, paid attention to uh, in the combine. The draft combine started today, I believe. So mm-hmm. we're going to get a lot it more did. information. Um, you know, the, I know there's talent out there, and I know it may not be a transcendent player like Troy Polamalu, but I got to believe that you can find some guys there to kind of rejuvenate that defense. Again, they have a good chunk of money that they can use. Um, 
you know, to sign some guys, whether you want to bring in some veterans. I don't think the answer is out in free agency, but you can build pieces that way. The Steelers have to do, they can't, you can't just sit in zone coverage, not in the NFL. Can't do it. You have to be able to play man. You have to be able to send five, six man blitzes and just man people up. They have the athletes to do that with Artie Burns and Sean Davis now. I think you have pieces like that. So now it's about building that forward. Um, And, you know, the reality is they were a really good team. They were not going to beat the Super Bowl champions. That that was obvious, obviously, in, in the uh, championship game. So, you know, what can you do now to put you over the hump? And I think the answers are on defense. Um, I, think, I think offensively they're solidified. So I look for the Steelers to spend a lot of their draft capital on defense. Um, but what do I know, man? I'm just a clown out here in Knoxville, Tennessee, running my yap. <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> so... We've uh, gone over a little bit of NBA. We've talked some NHL. We've we've covered the NFL to our uh, our favorite teams, the Denver Broncos and the Pittsburgh Steelers. G Money. We have one of the greatest sporting events in American sports coming up. The calendar has turned <laughs> to March. March Madness is on its way. March Madness, which seems to blend into now, it's April Madness. Um, it seems to go forever yeah, with all weird. these tournaments, this, that, and the other. I will be paying close attention over the next couple of weeks, so I have all the information I can to fill out a terrible, terrible bracket that will crush my soul on the first day. It is an annual tradition of mine. I look forward to it. I look forward to the eight to nine hours of pissed offness, like watching butler upset you know whoever or or some no name like vcu coming out of there and and being in the final four you have some skin in the game my friend you went to the university of oregon you are a proud duck alumni quack quack g money quack quack the oregon ducks have one pretty solid pac-12 basketball team you've been following this team what do you think my friend yeah i really like it i mean it was Kind of a godsend after the dismal football season for the University of Oregon for my Ducks. We really, really crapped the bed bed in the football. But uh, basketball, the round ball, yeah, they got a coach out there, Dana Altman, really solid coach. He's built a program. They were they won the Pac-12 last year. Looks like they're in line to get the regular season championship this year too. Um, Pac-12 just looks pretty solid. Uh, they've got three really good teams in Oregon, UCLA, and the University of Arizona. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to non-sports. Well, basketball extraordinary <laughs> guy, Doug. we got we to come up with a new name. Yeah, we, we do. NBA Doug. Really NBA Doug. Basketball extraordinary Doug. NBA Doug. We'll have to, we'll have, to have him on. We'll work on NBA it. Doug. <laughs> NBA we'll Doug. Board Doug. Fadeaway Doug. I don't know. We'll, we'll work on it. We'll work on it. But um, he's, a, he's, a, he's a wildcat alumni. He's a University of Arizona guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, UCLA, Arizona, and Oregon have, have pretty solid teams to be able to hold their own in the tournaments. Um, I think more people are keying on Lonzo Ball in UCLA. Yep. Who, he, I, great player, outstanding player. You watch this kid. Um, he, he ripped the hearts out of the Ducks. We had him up 16 points at halftime on the road at Pauley Pavilion in UCLA. And he came back, and he, he wasn't having a great game. Still found a way to contribute and get his team a huge win at home against a, a tough opponent. So he's the real deal. Lonzo Ball is the real deal. Wildcats are solid. Um, and yeah, Oregon, they've got a good team top to bottom. They're defensively really sound. Like I said, really well coached. Dana Alden's got a solid program there. Mm-hmm. Um, and good defensive teams are a lot more reliable in your bracket. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a lot less. And again, it's madness, so you never really know. And I might be just telling myself this to make me feel better for <laughs> Oregon's sake, which is always there you know, on some, some subconscious level. But, um, but they're long. 
They've got a couple different guys um, averaging five, six blocks a game. Um, they have a guy averaging double-digit points and five blocks a game that comes off the bench uh, in Boucher. That's so a nice they've, thing to have. In they've the got some depth. Yeah, yeah, they've got some depth. Um, so, I, yeah, I like Oregon quite a bit. Again, UCLA, always a powerhouse program. They're definitely one to look out for. But Ducks, here's what I'm hoping. One case for my Oregon Ducks to really go far is if they get in this west bracket and uh, they get Gonzaga as their one seed. Mm-hmm. I see weakness in Gonzaga. Yep. And they're playing good, but um, you know that's always been the knock with the Zags is, is in the mid-major schedule. They don't have that real week-in, week-out test. And when they get to those really intense games, a lot of times they, they come up short. And if Oregon gets put in that, that bracket with Gonzaga, I think they've got a good shot to come out. I think they've got a good shot. Some other powerhouses, of course, you got you know the North Carolinas, Kansas is looking strong. Villanova is uh, is looking good for a repeat bid. They should Defending get a, a number one seed. Yep. Um, but Oregon is is a solid contender, and uh, I'll be disappointed if they don't get to the Sweet 16, to be perfectly honest. I may be going out on a limb, but mm-hmm. I think they should at least be able to get to the Sweet 16. And hopefully hopefully make a push for a Final Four. I think they've got the depth and talent. They've got coaching. And, um, yeah, it looks good. I'm excited. I'm really excited. Got a dog in the hunt. They got one more game left, which is March Civil War. The Civil War. Yeah, They're at the Oregon State. Mm-hmm. Um, they win this game convincingly. G, what uh, do you think they have an opportunity to maybe get a one seed if they win this? Because right now they're sitting, it's a, it, it's a, they're at the top of the Pac-12 with Arizona. They're both twenty-six and four, both mm-hmm. fifteen and two in conference. They beat Oregon State. Let's say they win their conference tournament. You think that's enough to give them a number one seed? I think probably not. If they if they like really run through the Pac-12 and win convincingly mm-hmm. against because they would have to go through Arizona and UCLA, right? Um, then I think they might have a decent shot. Excuse me, they might have a decent shot. You'd probably need to see some kind of a stumble or an early round um, conference tournament exit from somebody like Kansas or Villanova. Okay, because I think if those teams hold their own and play well. Um, they still kind of have the national recognition and the kind of resumes to, to solidify the one seeds. Um, who else? Yeah, UNC is going to be tough to bump out of there. Mm-hmm. And there really isn't any reason Gonzaga should lose any more games. So it'd be tough to grab that one seed. It would be pretty tough to grab the one. However, they look pretty locked up for the two seed, uh, regardless of, of how well or poor they do in the Pac-12 tournament. Um, they should be in line for a two, which is still pretty good. Still pretty good. I think... They have the type of roster that makes you think that they can go deep into you know the tournament. A a senior junior loaded roster. I mean, I'm looking at this: Jordan yeah. Bell Jr., Casey yes. Benson Jr., Troy Tyler Dorsey sophomore, Charlie Noble Senior, uh, yeah. Paul White Jr., Evan Gross Jr., Dylan Brooks their main, Jr. Senior, their main playmaker. You're just about to say name Dylan Brooks, yeah. who is. He's a stone cold killer. He's a he's a good guy. He's a solid player, and he's got that killer instinct. Um, he's stunk a handful of game winning three point shots at the buzzer this year. Not just one or two, but mm-hmm. three or four against big time teams. So they've got they've got a stone cold guy that can get you the win in the last second. Solid coached team. Yeah, a lot of like you said, senior laden team. I mean, I might give out uh, advice when you pick your bracket. Just pick who has the most seniors on the team Agreed. and and move them up. I mean, Agreed. it's it's such a hard tournament. It's such a unique playing environment that most of these kids have never been in a gym this big. They've never been in stadiums like this. The sight lines are the crowd is weird. You're out of your routine. Having older guys, senior leadership is huge to maintain focus, to keep composure. In a one-and-done 
everything's on the line game like this, yeah, you want to have as many seniors as you can. You've uh, you've been following the Pac-12, obviously. Um, I got to ask you the question: Is uh, Lonzo Ball the real deal? Absolutely. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. He should go first or second overall. Mm-hmm. He's a game changer. He's he's got talent. He can take over a game in more than one way. So he doesn't just have to shoot the lights out to win a game. He can win a game. Like I said, against Oregon, that whole first half, he had a terrible shooting game. Terrible shooting game. They came out of halftime, and he was assisting. He was dropping dimes. He was getting other people involved. He can win you basketball games in multiple ways. He's got the maturity. He's got that killer instinct. He is 100% the real deal. Having said that, (laughs) Dylan Brooks, the Oregon guy, Mm -hmm. ain't far behind. And nobody really – he's not on many people's radar, but he is is – right there neck and neck in my opinion with Lonzo Ball okay okay you know but I mean Ball's got numbers right now I mean he's averaging you know 7.6 assists mm-hmm. 6.2 boards uh shooting 40 percent from the from beyond the arc um and averaging 14.8 points so you can round that up to 15 obviously if he plays a full game he's gonna get more looks like a playmaker everybody loves him man all the basketball guys yeah. I listen to Simmons all those guys they all think he is the next coming, and they're all salivating and waiting, um, especially a guy like Bill Simmons, who may have an opportunity for his Boston Celtics to have the first pick in uh, this coming mm-hmm. NBA draft. They all love this kid. So you watch yeah. him, you play him, he's a real deal. Um, you know, yeah, absolutely. It, 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 and this is also something that I, I, have, I have suffered and my brackets have suffered. I, I went all in on Andrew Wiggins and that Kansas team a couple years ago um, because – you know, everybody said he's the number one pick. He's the greatest thing since Swiss cheese. This is the mm-hmm. guy. That's not necessarily something you want to do when you pick a bracket. Um, right. Because it does come back to those teams that have been there before and those teams that are loaded up with juniors and seniors that have that veteran piece that have been there before. This is pressure that Lonzo Ball has never seen before. You know, I mean, even the great Michael Jordan, you know, I mean, he didn't come out fire blazing when he was a freshman. It took him until he right. was older to really have a solid uh, tournament um, and win a national championship. So, I, you know, I, I like what you say about the Ducks, man. I think they're in a good position to make a run. Um, hopefully, you know, they'll, they'll get in Gonzaga's bracket like you're predicting or, or what you're hoping for. Um, I, I'm telling you right now, G, and I'll, I'll go ahead and mark this. This will be my grand slam dunk of the week. I am not picking Gonzaga to get out of the second round in March, man. I don't care who they're playing. They have busted my bracket year in and year out. Before, huh? I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. And with that being said, of course, then, you know, this will be the year that they end up making it to the Final Four, which would be fun to see, I guess, but would be terrible for my bracket. But I've already made that decision going in. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I like it. I like it. Let's go ahead and mark that. We'll mark that up, baby. We'll mark, mark that it. up. G-Money, you got anything else you want to talk about today, man? Um, you know, a little bit, me and me and the wife, we've started dabbling in some of the essential oils. Okay. So we've been doing, uh, doing some aromatherapy and some oils and things, and uh, we're actually looking to, to sell a little bit. So anybody that's listening, if you need uh, some peppermint oil for cookies or, you know, you want a little uh, lavender oil to help you fall asleep, um, you can go ahead and contact us. You do grant at thegrandslamdunk.com, shoot me an email, we need just some more, uh, some more things. It's doTERRA is the brand, if anybody's interested. doTERRA essential oils. You go ahead and check them out. And so it's aroma aromatherapy. How does that work? You you well, sniff so it and you feel better? So it's the oils. We're selling like the, the essential oils, okay. which is like the distilled kind of parts of a bunch of different things. There's like lavender, um, lemon, frankincense, you know, all sorts of kind of crazy stuff. You get the oil and you can either just sort of put it in water um, or even in like the bathtub when you're taking a shower. 
Uh, we also sell kind of like diffusers and things um, that can help scent the room, help with relaxation. You can also just apply it kind of directly with some uh, directly on the skin and okay. helps you fall asleep and stuff. So yeah, yeah a lot of it's um, aroma. I also use it, I've been using it as a rub to, to help kind of loosen the muscles up. There's some formulas and some, some compounds that are good for muscle relaxers and things. So you can do topical, aroma, all of it's mostly edible, so you can cook with it too. Make some peppermint oh, wow. cookies and stuff. So a lot of different, a lot of different uses for the essential oils. <laughs> well, you need some muscle relaxers, man. You've been going through some health stuff lately, but I feel yeah, bad yeah. for you, dude. I've, I've had some. It's looking like it's just a really angry, tight muscle in my hip that's just <laughs> been like locked for a long time. Mm-hmm. We thought it thought it might be kind of spinal and some disc issues, but it's looking like just a muscle. But yeah, these have these have helped with relaxing. Have helped. Um, some of the oils have helped just with sleep. The lavender is great if you just need to fall asleep, um, kind of soothe things out. And also to wake up, there's there's like a lemon citrus blend that, that's really good to kind of wake the senses up and uplift the spirit and things. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's been it's been good treating a lot of different things, especially since I'm trying not to do too many just like opiates and pills for the pain stuff. We're trying yeah. to avoid you know just popping pills all the time. Stay away from that, man. That's so nice. so yeah, some light pain, but I'm I'm hanging in there. The oils have been helping. It's good to, good to relax. Well, you heard it here on the Market Zero podcast. If you want to relax with some essential aromatherapy and some oils to rub on your skin or even make some wonderful peppermint cookies or, or you know, do some things like hey, – there's a lot of things I could do with some vodka and some lemon citrus, my friend. I'll tell you mm-hmm. that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> cocktail. Spice up your cocktails like that. Yeah, there's a ton of pieces. Absolutely. If you need that, make sure you hit up grant at thegrandslamdunk.com and get all of that. Um, and if you happen to be a fan of the show, make sure you follow us on Twitter at the Grand Slam Dunk No You. You can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com backslash Market Zero Podcast, as well as our website, facebook.com backslash the Grand Slam Dunk. Um, thank you to the brilliant Ross Palmer, along with Basin Energy Recordings, for the opening music you crave. G Money, it is always, always, always a pleasure to do a podcast with you, my friend. It is always a good time. I appreciate you uh, playing Hurt and making this happen today, my friend. Yeah, man, it was good. It was good to get back into it. A little, a little numb, but felt good. Felt nice. Good stuff, my friend. Shall we mark it? Let's go ahead. Let's go ahead. Let's go ahead.